welcome. Season 4, X-Rated. Ryan Whedon. Matt Fisher. All the feels. <laughs> uh, in case you're unfamiliar with the podcast, uh, we are two guys that dated for a couple of weeks about a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And now we review movies. Yeah. Under the guise of X-Rated. Not G-Y-S. Well, I guess we, we are... could be under the guise. Yeah, I guess. Technically. Under the guise, over the guise, uh, beside the guise. Around the guise. Just generally with the guys. Preposition the guys. That's us. Yeah. We try to we try to focus on those hidden hidden gems. Maybe maybe those movies you haven't heard about yet. The 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 overlooked greats. The uh, shelved because they made no money. Uh, cult classics. Yeah. Anything that AFI doesn't want you to see. <laughs> If Leonard By which I mean, we mean the band AFI. Yeah. Uh, the American Film Institute is a fine organization, but the band is really particular on what movies you watch. You're going to make me look up an AFI song to put a music bed into this, aren't you? <laughs> I don't remember. I like. I honestly don't think that... So I used to work at a music store, like I managed it for years and years. Yeah. And for some reason, AFI, like they always sold really well. And then one day it dawned on me that like only 14 year old girls were buying their stuff. Oh. Uh, and then I saw one of their videos at a gay bar. I'm like, oh, well that's why. <laughs> Dude's like, like toned and scruffy and looks like, you know, the bad boy next door. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's pro- isn't it like mall punk? Like kind of Basically, friendly? Basically, yeah. Know? Well, it's not really about the music. It's Mall about punk the image. is a, a good term for what they are. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hear it at the local Hot Topic. Maybe the Zoomias. <laughs> uh, while you're buying your Nightmare Before Christmas paraphernalia. <laughs> or uh, Plugs jeans. <laughs> is that the newest Jordash jeans? <laughs> yeah, they're, the, they're all the rage. Plugs are better than Jenko's. Jenkos are too expensive. Getting the same thing with plugs. I'm wearing plugs right now. 36 inches. And that's not in reference to the waistband. How's it going? It's all right. <laughs> and that week off, we just... <laughs> yeah. We're, we're off our game. <laughs> it's a weird start, but... <laughs> isn't it always kind of a weird start? Yeah. We're, feel... we're better on a roll, not getting on a roll. Yeah. Getting that started, it's always... <laughs> it's always it's a little tough. It's hot here, folks. <laughs> Bear with us. It was, it was a hot weekend. We're Tried. I am delirious from working over 25, 27 hours in a 48-hour period for Pride. Yeah. So... I mean, I didn't work that much either, but... <laughs> it was still hot. It was still real hot. We're not quite used to that yet up here in the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, bear with us because, you know, we had pride and then we had to watch a whole movie (laughs) and get ready to talk about it. I had to write notes and gather thoughts and read the Wikipedia page. I couldn't even bring myself to do that. I watched it and I'm like, I got it up here. (laughs) I'm actually going to go with my own opinions on this one. (laughs) I don't need to know what other people thought. I do kind of worry about that when I look at, like, Wikipedia or, like, other people's reviews. I'm like, I don't want this to, like, influence me. Yeah. I wonder about that sometimes with movie reviewers in general. It's like, do they read other people's reviews before they publish theirs? Sometimes I think so. Yeah. I remember there was that uh, Rotten Tomatoes had like 100% for Toy Story 3 for a long time. Right. And then like one dick critic. One dude. What's his name? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, he gave it like a bad review and everyone hated him for it. Well, I think that's his thing, isn't it? Like he always does contrary. So like if everybody hates the movie, he's like, well, here are the merits to this. (laughs) I think that's his thing. So he's like the one Suicide Squad defender. <laughs> Su- his his big article, the Academy yeah. Award winning. Suicide Here's why Squad. Suicide Squad deserve that Academy Award. <laughs> yeah, probably. God. Uh, whatever his name is. We're not going to give you that power by saying your name. <laughs> Just going to say that shitty critic who always disagrees. So. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Uh, we had a, a lot of opportunity to watch movies over this week. Yeah, because we had the break. Yeah, and so I'm curious if you watched anything worthwhile. I know that I 
did, but I, for the life of me, cannot remember uh, too much. I know that I watched a lot. Um, oh, I did watch uh, this year's premiere Pride movie, The Babadook. Baba. <laughs> uh, I'd seen it before. Voguing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had seen it before, but uh, I was hanging out with a friend who had not seen it, and oh. it was like on the eve of Pride, and he was like, you know, maybe we should watch it. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's doable. I like that movie. I, You know, I doubled down on, on my previous thoughts on it, where, like, visually, it is the exact type of aesthetic that, like, I want out of a horror movie. Like, mm-hmm. the Babadook is real. Like, there's no CG, but I feel like it's so thematically blunt like it leaves no room for interpretation like <laughs> by the end of the movie it's just like this is what this is about yeah. like and i always get a little let down i'm like oh god just you know give me a letter or something <laughs> like well this is what's frustrating about that for me is that like i feel like it's super obvious what it's about but whenever i talk about it with people no one seems to see my point of view on it which is that it's like a representation of living with grief yeah, like, or, like, parental anxieties, and, yeah, like, living with the, like, survivor's guilt, almost. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they hint at it, but, like, the climax of the movie, like, they make it so obvious, I'm like, oh, God, like, <laughs> this stops being scary, like, when you're this blunt about it. Yeah. But the, yeah, the overall aesthetic of the Babadook. Perfect. That's good. And the performance of the lead woman is really great. And yeah, I was saying that while watching it. I was like, I feel like, you know, this is on par with like Melissa Leo in Winter's Bone and stuff like that. Yeah. What is her name? Dang it. I wish I knew her name. She hasn't like been in anything else. Give her roles. (laughs) She's a good actress. Yeah. Like it was a quality performance. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of horror movies don't. They're not really known for their (laughs) powerhouse performances. Yeah. I'll get, I, I definitely think that that movie had that. So, yeah. Like, overall, very enjoyable movie. like it quite a bit. <laughs> I didn't get the whole, why is this a gay pride thing all of a sudden? Oh, yeah. It took a while for me to finally dig deep enough to figure out what, what the hell is going on here. It's, it's one of those mistakes that the internet loves. Yeah. Like, and I'm fine with it now. At first I was like, <laughs> this is stupid, guys. Come on. Now I'm fine with it. Actually, and you know what made me fine with it was somebody said, I'm looking forward to uh, next season of RuPaul's Drag Race with the inevitable... Category is Babadook Realness. (laughs) Yeah. And I too am looking forward to that. So then I'm like, well, I'll embrace this. Yeah, just kind of lean into it at this point. Yeah. Uh, I learned about a web series called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Have you heard about this? No. It's uh, it's an ongoing web series uh, out of Britain that uh, is, it's kind of like a, a horror children's show it's sort of like if wonder shows in had a plot and was like filled with um visual cues um it's really good it's six parts apparently i think they just made an announcement that there's going to be a seventh but like i don't know what they're going to do because it really fits really well with just within the six episodes team um but they always they're kind of scary. They start off kind of funny. There's music involved, in, and they use it really well in kind of a scary, good way. Okay. Um, How long are you? Busy? They're le- they're each like three to six minutes. Oh, okay. They're not very long, but they're, they release like one a year, and you can understand okay. why once you see it, because the production value on it is really high. Okay. So there's a lot of puppets, and then a lot of like CGI, and um, it's, uh, it's just really well made. And it really kind of makes you think. There's lots of theories floating around on the internet about like what they're, what it's all about, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Huh, I've okay. seen, I've watched it the full thing like six times now in the past week. Wow! Because it's. Well, I mean, I guess they're three to six. Minutes. Yeah, it's only a half an hour for the whole thing, so you're just like, I don't know. And the songs are super catchy. Hmm. Um. There's songs and it's scary. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I, I, I definitely recommend checking it out. It's weird. And it's t- it's a total Ryan pick. I mean, it's like, it's ambiguous. It's just like blitzkrieg of ideas, you know, thrown at you. So it's frenetic. But okay. um, if you like the movies I've picked so far, <laughs> you might like this too.
said it at the end of the last episode, I wanted to start out season four with a bang, or maybe a sploosh. Magic Mike Double XL, the sequel to uh, Steven Soderbergh's Magic Mike, mm-hmm. uh, loosely based on Channing Tatum's real life uh, times as a male entertainer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess it was on the set of like uh, Haywire, if I remember correctly. Channing Tatum was just kind of telling Steven Soderbergh about his days as like a, a stripper. Mm-hmm. And Steven Soderbergh was like, we got to make this a movie. <laughs> Uh, because hadn't he already said he's like I'm done directing and then he found out about this and was like <laughs> I can't quit directing until I make this movie about I don't, I, 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 I don't know if it was quite that soon but it, it was definitely near like I think Steven Soderbergh was like I'm done making movies or like he was nearing that decision but he's like I gotta get this one out of the canon first I yeah gotta, I gotta unload this on the world <laughs> Spread the seed of this movie <laughs> far and wide. Um, and yeah, uh, I saw the original three times in theaters. Oh, wow. Okay. And this was only my second feeling of the second one. And it's no, like, I don't mean that as a slight against the second one, but uh, I think the first one was just, it was so much fun to have a movie like that. Uh-huh. And the only fault with the second one is that there's already a magic mic. Right. Uh, had this come first, I probably would have seen this one in theaters three times. But I remember... So I have a less than favorable opinion of the first movie. Uh-huh. And I'm, I was kind of thinking about it today uh, as to why that is. And um, I remember a, part of it's a little subjective. Because I remember thinking... I remember being in a bad mood. And being like, oh, I'm going to watch Magic Mike because everyone says it's a good movie or like, you know, put you in a good mood kind of thing. And I put it on and it didn't. Mm. And so I think I kind of held a grudge against the movie. Mm. I've I've still only seen it once, so I can't really attest to if how I really feel about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So going into this, I was skeptical. Yeah, I I figured you would be, which is one of the reasons why I chose it. Uh And uh, I I emerge ambivalent. (laughs) I have a lot. I I it's I don't know how to how to analyze this movie. I don't know if I, I should I guess go in it with because this, this is the you lead a life like these people. <laughs> you know, for you, it's just like seeing a video of your of your diary. <laughs> so it might not hold the same sort of gravitas yeah. as it does for us commoners. Here's I'm the... still not allowed in that Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> So, one of the things, and this is sort of a, a more egotistical reason to like the movie, outside of, of the eye candy, one of the reasons I like this movie is we rarely ever get sort of an like a honest but fun depiction of male sexuality and objectification in movies. Okay. When... When men are, like, sexy to, like, be objectified in movies, it usually falls into the category of they have to be violent as well. Like, think, like, 300. Okay. Or, like, Conan or something. Like, action stars are allowed to be, like, ripped and sexy. Right. Or it's done almost, like, humiliation, like, full Monty style. Like, we're laughing at them being inadequate at it. Okay. Rarely ever do we get sort of a middle ground where it's, like, you get men who are objectively attractive and we're not necessarily laughing at them. Right. And they're not being violent. They're there to turn us on, period. Yeah. Right. And this is this is one of the things that kind of makes me happy that it's a movie about men like and their sexuality, like or you know, or their sensuality, I guess would be more accurate. Mm -hmm. And just them like living a life where that's their job. Mm-hmm. And I just I struggle to think of too many movies where that is like you're allowed to be sexy, but you also have to then prove that like oh I've got all these muscles and look this way because I have to punch a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they have to immediately like make it a masculine thing. Exactly, because like, like I don't know when the last time you saw Three Hundred was. They're barely wearing clothes in that. Oh, movie. it's the gayest <laughs> movie ever. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great point. I I. Um, 
I like that about this movie. <laughs> I do. That is something I will agree with you on. Okay, okay. Uh, I, uh, here's the thing. I, I'm totally cool with a fluff movie that's mm-hmm. like, uh, barely has a plot, like, is hanging, you know, everything on this road trip, quote unquote, to generic stripper convention 2015. <laughs> There's no I, other name. <laughs> I want to go to that stripper convention. Hey, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. Like, that's all, that's all fine and good. My, and like, you know, it's, it's all just like an excuse to find ways to fit dance scenes into the, into the world that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I love a buddy movie. I love a road trip movie. My problem is that the first half is boring. The, the getting the band back together element yeah. of the story? I, I didn't start to enjoy myself watching this until about the halfway mark. Is that when Big Dick Richie goes into that 7-Eleven for Cheetos and Water? No, it's past then. What? You didn't find that scene amusing? How much for the Cheetos and Water? <laughs> I liked it, but then it's like, it wasn't enough for me to like be into it. It's just like, the movie feels really flat up until Andy McDowell comes in, I'm gonna be honest. Oh, I love that scene too. Yeah, and like, that's when I start, or maybe just before that, uh, when like, Donald Glover comes in, Mm. that I'm like, starting to get into the vibe. I feel like that's when it kind of catches its rhythm a little bit. The sort of, the ladies club, like, with... Jada Pinkett Smith in, in Savannah. I'm that's when I'm starting to get into it a little okay, more. Okay, because I really like a. I think Jada is great in this movie. Yeah, she's she's fantastic in this movie. Um, because like really, when I watched this, I was like, "Where's her movie? Like, I want like a spinoff movie of like her just running this place, or like <laughs> you know, her like early days or something, or like yeah, because yeah. she was just so good in it." And Rome, uh, Roma, yeah. Rome, Rome. Um, and then I've, I've had a crush on Dom Glover since, you know, I started watching Community way back when. He's so cute. He's so cute. Man. Uh, and I, I, I wish that he had a full dance number, like he gets his songs, but. Yeah. Uh, and there's a scene that he's talking where, and I, I think this is a good, like, point in the movie, and this is why they kept it. He's driving... And Matt Bomer, the new AG1, is in the driver's seat. And he said that, like... These girls have to deal with men in their lives every day who... They don't listen to them. They don't ask yeah. them yeah. what they want. They don't even ask them what they want. All we got to do is ask them what they want. Yeah. And when they tell you, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's like... We're like... We're like healers or something. Yes, man. Fuck yes. We are. That's right. We're healers. We're healers, man. We can be. Yeah, we can be. I like that. And that's, and then that's, so that's the scene just before we get to Andy McDowell's place. Yeah. And I actually wrote down, I really like, I do like that scene. And I think I kind of like it because then that's when I started to realize that this movie is all about like her pleasure, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, it, uh, how do I put this? It doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily pandering to me. You know, it's like they're Mm -hmm. doing this job for for ladies pleasure you know like they're they're entertainers but they know that it's like it's the fans that are are what they're doing it for right but without the fans they're nothing right and it's like i mean this whole movie is like is sort of feels like it's trying to give a legitimate second dimension to these people that are normally so one-dimensional sure um and then also sort of give them a motivation for doing it mm-hmm. in a deeper way than just like, oh, it pays the bills. You yeah. Know? Um, which is kind of silly, but uh, whatever. I kind of bought it at that moment. Because I mean, then right after that, Matt Bomer's character, like, bring it on <laughs> Donald Glover's act and, like, <laughs> sings to that woman, you know, to yeah. make her feel special. Oh, thinking about all our younger years. <laughs> it was only you and me. We were young and wild and free. I don't know, like, and you can see that this visibly makes yeah, her happy. And, yeah. and I buy that scene, you know, I bought that. Yeah. So I don't know, that's when I started getting into it. I was like, okay, so if we start to think of these guys as giving women something that they can't normally have from their average dude, even though it, it's like, okay, yeah, now I'm on board. Okay. You know what I mean? But it took until that point to get me there, I guess. I like, uh... Because, like, 
Richie seduces Annie McDowell. Yeah. Uh, he had been hitting a bit of a dry spell, and she's, like, you know, freshly divorced or something. And, like, the next morning, when they're like, did, did you just sleep with that nice lady? <laughs> he's like, yeah. Glass slipper. <laughs> she's the glass slipper. Uh, I just like how he gets all those high fives. But yeah. there's, like, not even a breath of ageism there. Yeah. Uh, which I also found to be really refreshing. It's like, they didn't necessarily go for, like, the daughters. Yeah. Like, they saw the mothers and were just as attracted to them. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a nice touch. Like, we don't see that a lot either. That, you know, Annie McDowell, I don't know how old she is, but she, you know, is not as young as her daughter was in the movie. Mm-hmm. But she was still the one that, like, got the guy, in, at least in that storyline. Sure. And that feels, I mean, there's a lot of times when I wrote the word pandering in my notes, because I feel like if this movie is setting out to do anything else, it's pandering to its audience. And uh, one of those demos is like 40-something women who are going to get together and be like, we're having a ladies' night out, and they're going to throw some, you know, airplane-sized shots of vodka in their purses, and and like cans of Sophia, and they're like, let's go see this. And that's totally fine like that's another point they make in this movie like when they're at andy mcdowell's house and mm-hmm. what's her name is in the kitchen eating the red velvet cake and um magic mike's like look when shit's not going your way getting a little crazy with some random friends has a way of helping you sort out your own shit there's value in that you know <laughs> so anecdote uh when i saw the first magic mike for the first time in theaters um it was at uh, a theater in Bellevue that's sort of like one of the ritzier theaters. Oh, the big picture? Uh, it, no, it wasn't the big picture, but it uh, it's Lincoln Square where, like, they have, like... Oh, Bellevue, I'm sorry. Yeah, they have a concession stand, like, in the theater until the movie starts. So oh, okay. you can get, like, popcorn and candy, like, ten feet away from where you're sitting. Oh, wow. Uh, and then that, who's ever, like, running the concessions, like, right before the movie starts, like, he makes a verbal announcement to, like... Turn off your phones, movie's about to start, you know. Classy. Yeah, it's real classy. So, like, when I saw it, the dude was like, he's like, so, you know, movie's about to start, put your phone, like, turn your phones off or put them on vibrate, and this girl from the back goes, vibrate, vibrate! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, you know, you hear the argument at the time that, like, men need these gentlemen's clubs where they can go and be guys and, like, watch women strip, and they're always so sad. (laughs) They're just, yeah. like, dudes sitting there, like, not saying or doing anything and just, like, smoking a cigar and, like, drinking crappy champagne. Yeah. But it's, like, women need those spaces, too, I guess, but it seems There's like a lot so more, more fun. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, at, at that same viewing, I know, while I was, like, looking at the crowd, it was, like, gaggles of women and then, like, duos of men. Yeah. <laughs> that seems about right. Yeah. So, prime date movie. <laughs> they were really trying, like... Yeah, besides the, the lady demo, they I think they were trying to win over the gays a little bit with this one, um, where, like, we had Joe Mangeliano. I'm so sorry. Mr. Sofia Vergara. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Oh, yeah. It's like... Orlando Pride, man. I know, but I think that's a thin... <laughs> that's pretty thin. Uh, I think that's more just, like, trying to paint this picture of, like, an ideal of what you would see I would see also in that say room. that's pandering more to the ladies than to, to the gay demographic. Like, I don't think I was ever a boy band fan back in the day. No. But, you know... Maybe some of our listeners can speak I was going to say, <laughs> women my age were 14, 15, right around then, when Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were yeah. battling for the top. So I I feel like if it is pandering, that's still pandering to that demographic. Maybe. Um, but, uh... You were a little the, too old for Backstreet Boys. I was too old. See, this is where this generation gap is coming in that I was going to talk about. Uh, yeah, I was I was too old for that shit. So the whole convenience store scene doesn't you were work on me. You were listening to New and Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails. Oh, okay. Uh... But they there's they also, nine inch nails in this. <laughs> there is. You're right. Um, which I will get to later because okay. I have something to say about that. Okay. But they um they really do like they go to a gay bar, which is still like kind of unclear why they go there to mm-hmm. me. Um, but I think 
something that would have made that whole part of the movie a little more interesting for me mm-hmm. is like if they had given it a little more of a backstory. Like, what if Magic Mike had a homosexual relationship with somebody, and it was like in this gay bar, and that's why he goes back because he's all because you know he talks to Jada Pinkett Smith about like they have a history. It doesn't even have to be like uh, like a homosexual relationship. Maybe he just like there was somebody else who ended up becoming gay who had a crush on Mike and like confessed his love to him. And Mike's like, I'm not gay. You know what I mean? Like, add a little more story there because I just wasn't invested, and it felt like. It felt like, oh, here's some voguing and uh, a drag queen. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're happy now, right, gays? Like, it felt it felt reductive. I just feel like they knew their audience, and they're probably familiar with this concept, like this demographic. And they knew how to play to that crowd. Maybe. Well, I didn't buy it. <laughs> I did like um, seeing Tarzan put on the fake lipstick, though. I'll, I'll admit that. That part won me over. Everybody else's voguing sucked. Channing Tatum's voguing was great. After seeing those two boys up there doing, like, look like wet noodles all over the place, I don't know. I wasn't that impressed. Mm. I think his dancing elsewhere in the movie is fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Like, why isn't he dancing all the time? In, like, the, in Rome's castle in Savannah. Yeah. Like, he, at one point, is upside down and his legs are kimbo. I'm like, the curvature of his booty? <laughs> like... I have okay. So while we're on the subject of Rome's castle, I have so many questions. That's why it needs its own movie. <laughs> like, if you if you sign up for this subscription based uh, pleasure service, sure. Uh, do you also have to sign a release that like these dancers are physically going to fling you around the room? Like, what if you hurt your back while that's going? What no, is the like, policy on that? The, the employment legal expert in me was <laughs> like, you can never do this. <laughs> like, you can't even like kiss the clients, like, let alone, like, throw them around. <laughs> yeah. There were a couple of times where it's like, I hurt somebody's back. Well, you see, Ryan, this movie is fiction. <laughs> As are most movies. I, yeah, I mean... Uh, no, from a legal standpoint, most of the things they do to the clientele would be strictly verboten, but in the world of this movie, it seems to play out okay. But yeah, I can see if you had to send some contract that yeah. Yes, you might have a physical encounter with one of the male entertainers. You cannot sue if we if you get injured. Yeah, if if his fingers are too buttery and he drops you, you probably have from all the baby oil he's <laughs> covered himself in. Uh, I also I want to know more about the the person who runs the sound there because there's somebody that she just, I think she even says his name. I think his name is Malik. She just like says Malik, Malik and then he plays the song. Like, we don't see a DJ booth, but there's somebody playing music and in control of that mic that she's on all the time. Uh, are you just looking to parlay your audio engineer? Yeah, I want, to, I want to meet the sound engineer who works here. That job must be really interesting. Also, the people who sweep up the ones afterwards, you know? How does that work? How do they divvy that up? I just have a lot of questions. I gotta say, you're putting more reality in this movie than you do in the most movies. <laughs> You know, like, the logistics of this pleasure dome is, uh... <laughs> uh Where's the changing rooms? <laughs> I mean, I do kind of wonder that, too, because it's, like, they're at Rome's castle, and there's, like, the first, like, male entertainer that we see who's, like, this Nubian prince, like, wearing just, like, purple underwear. Yeah. And she, he takes, like, a girl's hand and, like, puts it, like, right on his crotch as he vibrates... And he's just showered with money. Yeah. Like, the girls just start screaming and th- literally throwing money at him. <laughs> but, yeah, because uh, I know that, uh, like, here locally at Lashes, there's the drag show. Okay. And people tip the, the drag queens during performances. Mm-hmm. And occasionally the, the ones get too cumbersome and they just spill out on the floor. Right. Uh, and usually they have to pick them up right before leaving the stage. So we just don't see that. Maybe that is the case. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that made the cutting room floor. <laughs> Must happen. I guess it happens at the convention too, because they just get showered. The yeah. tsunami of ones, yeah. as, as it were. I guess afterwards, once the light goes down, they're all just like on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was. I had another question. Are there enough women to sustain this palace? <laughs> Do they have a gentleman's night? I mean, like, I'm just, I'm just really so, into this. 
there when they go in it does look like there's the sort of gentleman's quarters because there's like a, a girl like stretching her leg back yeah. behind her head and like they walk by and it looks like there's like a couple female strippers right entertain some men so like maybe they were just in like the lady half of oh, this got, pleasure dome rome's got an empire <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it really is like I would go opening day to the to the Rome movie. I am. I, have so, I just I, I'm so curious. Like, can you imagine if you were the first one that showed up? Like, is it a 24 hour place, or do they open the doors at eight and you're like get your girls together and you're the first ones there and you're just like <laughs> looking around? Yeah, because we definitely get there and like the party's in full swing. Yeah, like we are we are not the first ones at this party. It is it has already been happening. People just, are already in the mood. I love the idea of it. I'm just, I don't know, I can't stop my brain from thinking about the logistics of running a place like that. Uh, well, as you work in your own pleasure dome, <laughs> uh, and you know that there are dry spells from time to time that can get boring, mm-hmm. it probably uh, rubs your sense of reality the wrong way <laughs> to see these non-stop, you know, or the implication that it's sort of a non-stop party. Yeah. Do you think... Uh, when they do open their doors, you know, in the morning or afternoon, that they just uh, play Frankie Goes to Hollywood's uh, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome in its entirety? Well, I think they're required to. First song. That means we're open. If you're not dressed, get dressed now. You've got however long that song is. And you're out there rubbing baby oil and chocolate syrup over people. Syrup. Oh no, that was so in the sticky. Yeah, that was in the, the convention. Oh yeah, I mean, that was unfair. Like, this <laughs> might be TMI. Chocolate syrup and like fruit and strawberries—that just gets sticky real quick. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Like, no. how do you feel about raw eggs, crustaceans, and hot sauce? <laughs> is this a callback to Tampopo? It sure is. Um, yeah, I can get on board with the raw crust, the, the live crustaceans. <laughs> um, yeah, dead shrimp is but the dinner. <laughs> but, you know, baby oil is fine. Coconut oil, I think, is the happy medium there. Yeah. Once you, if it's cold enough and you spread it, it'll melt on the body because it melts with body temperature. Yeah. And, you know, you can get it in your mouth and it doesn't taste bad like baby oil would. Yeah, ugh. Yeah. Gross. Uh, but it doesn't get... I mean, sticky just... You don't want more friction <laughs> in these things. It's like lube that heats up. I'm like, who's too cold? Who's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god, it's like an icebox down there. <laughs> Better heat this up. I just, I never understood the appeal of lube that heats up. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing until right now. It was, like, right as I was, like, entering sexual maturity. Oh, okay. Like, so you're aware of all the It was, like, a KY warming jelly. And it was before oh, I... No, this sounds familiar. Yeah, no. yeah, it was, like, before I knew that, like, I shouldn't even use KY. <laughs> uh, like, that's how naive I was. Yeah. Uh, but they had, like, a warming jelly. And I was, like, what? Heat is the last thing that I'm lacking in this. Oh. What if you accidentally rub your eye and then your eye starts getting all hot? That, that that might cover my pleasure dome uh, questions for now. I reserve is that the, what all this page is? A lot of it. Yeah. I reserve the right to come back to pleasure dome questions <laughs> at any time. Sure, I'll be happy to answer what I can. Uh, do you ever get the impression that like Matt Bomer is just too pretty? So of the guys. Non-dancing, because when Chan Tatum is dancing, he's my number one pick. Mm-hmm. But when he's not dancing, I'm like, mm, he's okay. He's a little thick in the neck. Yeah. Uh, like, like he's still pretty. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't kick him out of bed, but he is definitely at the height of his prettiness while in motion. Yes. Um, Agreed. He's really good. Yeah. Oh, like, he is an excellent, excellent dancer. It's one thing, like, if nothing else, this movie has value because it puts Channing Tatum dancing on so that we can watch it over and over again um but yeah matt bomer i mean he's the lily white ken doll like yeah 
I just, uh, don't you get the impression that maybe he strangled somebody at one point? There's a, a portrait in his attic. Of... Yeah, there's just something sinister about him that I can't put my finger on. But I mean, he's handsome as... as oh. and, and they say that too. They're like, what did uh, Tarzan says? Like, you know, it's always the pretty ones, like Bundy. <laughs> it is, man. I mean, Matt Bomer's so pretty, which is one of the reasons that I hated the normal heart so much. Because in what world... Does Matt Bomer end up with a Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. The logistics a, of that. Doesn't he also sleep with a Hemsworth in that movie? Oh, I think he he sleeps with a. Uh, is it Taylor Kitsch? That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah, he's not a Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. Also, no way that Mark Ruffalo is <laughs> doing that. But yeah, so it's it's like Matt Bomer. Is yeah, he's he's a little too a little too attractive. Yeah. Although I'm not gonna not watch him. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not like I'm fixing myself a drink while he's on screen. I just I don't know, I just picture him coming up to me at a bar and if he started hitting on me I'd be like, Okay, something's up. <laughs> Are you gonna kill me later? <laughs> like what is your what is your end game here? <laughs> I mean he's also like pretty to the point where he's probably not very interesting. That's what breaks right, my heart. Yeah. I mean, maybe he is. Like, maybe he's got the complete package. Uh, but he just seems like he's he's one of those people that, like, even as a youth, you like that level of attractiveness was already there. Mm-hmm. He's like the Rashida Jones character from Parks and Rec. You said that we were gonna hunt together. Oh, Anne, I always forget because you're so pretty. You're not used to rejection. Uh, speaking of Parks and Rec, I felt like the soundtrack from this movie was just like the Tom Haverford party playlist. <laughs> Like, his smooth jams. <laughs> totally. He's got, like, Genuine and, like, 112 and stuff like that. Like, I mean, this movie really opened my eyes to the fact that... How much mid-90s R&B you've missed out on. Yeah, that I have never heard of. Yeah. Um, real blind spot for me. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, so so I guess, what what made you pick this movie? Uh, well, A, I'm a fan of the franchise. Okay. Um, and it had sort of a heisty film feel to it. The okay. way that, like, well, A, they got the band back together. Right. That was, like, the first 15 minutes or so. Uh, and then they, like, go and, like, they do sort of the heist movie trope where they, like, they collect the players with, like, the different skills in order to, like pull together the perfect show. Okay. Uh, which is also a trope that I appreciate. Um, the movie's got, you know, like, Jada Pinkett Smith was great, Anna McDowell was great, they also got Elizabeth Banks in there at the last That's minute, who right. I love, despite her current comments about Steven Spielberg. Right. Uh, just, um... We'll just ignore that. <laughs> check, the, check the IMDb page I, next I was time, say, <laughs> yeah. It's like, A, so she missed Color Purple, also Sugarland Express... With Goldie Hawn, like, yeah. granted, you know, Steven Spielberg hasn't devoted his life to movies about women, but look at the directors that do. Lars von Trier. <laughs> like, be careful what you wish for there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I mention that there's a bunch of shirtless guys in this movie? <laughs> that's another reason why I like it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's why I'm ambival- I come out ambivalent because it's like, it's, it's. I, I really wanted it to be just like fun fluff the whole way through uh-huh. and then I just I just couldn't get excited about it until I guess I needed a little meaning to it and okay. I, I don't I'm not proud of that um but it took me a while to get there I was like the the fucking character the girl character photographer who's like meh angsty <laughs> until you know finally get my my version of this which is Andy McDowell acting apparently okay. and then like I'm on board I guess um but I did like and I liked um did you notice that uh, Joe, M- Mrs. Sophia Bergeron, <laughs> uh, in his closer scene, to bring it back to Nine Inch Nails, um, was like, when she's in the sex swing, he's riding her uh, for a period of time where it's like, he's the bottom? Is he? Like, if you were, if you were to picture that girl as a guy in, in the sex swing. Oh, because he like... He straddles Sits her. On yeah, her yeah. I, I noticed that and was thinking like, interesting. <laughs> Do girls get off on that? 
Or is I mean, this girls, like a my, my, wink to the gays? My, ex- my experience with ladies is limited. <laughs> but I have found that girls do, for some reason, like guys' butts. Butts, 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 butts. Why? I don't know. So then, and then in the next one, when Channing Tatum does his final dance scene um, with girl, and he's, she's sitting in the chair, and he's doing a lap dance for, mm-hmm. for the beginning of it, where he's, like, rubbing his butt all over her junk. And uh, I'm just wondering, because that seems like, that's something we've seen many times in film, where it's a woman doing that to a guy. Yeah. So when it's a guy doing it to a girl, like, is he being submissive? What's going on? Have you, did you ever watch Broad City? Yes. So you know the one where Abby, she has like the crush on her neighbor, and he's into he pegging, peg <laughs> and she like freaks out and calls Alana. Alana. I think I have their names. Yeah, right. you got it right. Uh, and Alana's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she's like, "I used to." She keep... starts twerking on the wall. <laughs> she's so excited. She's like, "Ab, all throughout college, I slept with a strap on on just in case the opportunity came along that you have handed to you on a silver platter." So I don't know, maybe more girls want to do it than I give credit for. Yeah, I'm just, uh, just something I haven't seen. So, and I mean, this is all like, this is a movie for ladies. So when I saw the original Magic Mike, right off the bat, we get Channing Sweet Potato's booty. Uh-huh. Like, he gets out of bed and his, his he's naked. Sweet Potato. <laughs> uh-huh. Um... <laughs> And the audience fucking erupted. And mm-hmm. as it was like 90% women, there's got to be something about the booty that they like. Yeah. So uh, female friends of ours and listeners, if you can tell us why you like the booty, please tweet at us. At X-Rated Movies, hashtag why I like the booty. I can't wait for those responses. <laughs> I, uh, I saw a thing many, many years ago. It was like a PBS special about why you like the booty <laughs> just about I watched that human sexuality oh, okay and i think i was just past like early sex ed like just getting into puberty so it was like fascinating stuff to me okay and they did this like scientific study talking about how women do look at butts of men to oh. gauge like uh compatibility and stuff like it was one of the like higher features ranked that women rank and the scientist was trying to explain it in a way as like It'll have a proper thrusting ability. So maybe women are into a, um, like from an evolutionary standpoint, uh, they need a butt that can really thrust into them and get that sperm way up there. I was going to say, because I know that at least like the theory, you know, from an evolution standpoint is that, you know, men like their mammaries large because (laughs) they're good feed bags. Yeah. (laughs) Um... And, like, long legs, like, hook up to, like, wide hips, I guess, and which are good for birthing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good baby bucket. Um, <laughs> Large pelvis means king-size bed for the baby for nine months. Yeah. So, like, I hear these things. I don't know necessarily how true I'm they not are. lending any credence to it. I'm just saying it's something I've heard. I just don't know how much a nice round booty translates into accurate ejaculation. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Has anybody made that graph yet? It's like on one plot. You've Bo- got... Booty curvature to uh, <laughs> less distance. distance. Yeah. Be interesting to see that if we have any data geeks <laughs> out there. I feel like there's got to be a frat house that would take that study up. Yeah. Like they would just jerk off, measure the distance. And then, and then we could butt. correlate it to, yeah the, yeah, the sine wave of their booty. You dub. I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I covered everything I wanted to talk about, except that like, I had to look up uh, if stripper conventions, male stripper conventions, are a thing, and apparently they're a real thing. Road trip and. Um, <laughs> ladies go and then they lock the doors and it just gets insane tight yeah so imagine working at that hotel and having to clean up afterwards Ooh, seems like a mess yeah Maybe or a just... few ones though lamp still lying around Ooh, a five <laughs> <laughs> or you're the contracted 
sound, sound slash light guy for that. And you weren't expecting this today. It's like, <laughs> wow, what a day. <laughs> also, like, to go back to the logistics, it's hard to put on just a bare bone show. <laughs> the idea that they just show up and, like, in 24 pull hours. a few strings and, like, get on the list <laughs> and have this big, ornate show set up for them, like... That's where, like, my, like, no, this isn't happening. So, of course, I gotta ask you, Mary Fuck Kill, any, any three characters of your choosing? Come on. Um, jeez, this is tough. Well, Mary Donald Glover. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to hang out with him all the time because he's funny and talented and we can make music together and he's also hot. So that's, yeah. boom. Sure. I would definitely want to fuck uh, Ms. Sophia Vraja. <laughs> Mr. Sophia Vergara. I got it. Ms. Sophia Vergara. It's uh, just Sophia Vergara. <laughs> I would definitely want to fuck... Mr. Sophia Varadkar. Really? Yes. Having seen your history with men, <laughs> uh, having been on that short list, <laughs> I would not have uh, pegged you for that type. Ah, yeah. He's just, uh, he's big and beefy and he seems like a lot of fun. Uh, and Kill. Kill just, I mean... I hate to kill fellow homosexual, but you're too pretty, Matt. Oh, really? Matt Bomer, not you. Controversial. <laughs> I can't... I'm a little offended by that all of a sudden. <laughs> I can't have someone that pretty running around stealing my spotlight. Uh, Let's be clear, it's a jealousy killing. So, I would probably also marry Donald Glover... Because he just seems like he'd be good company. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's super, like, busy all the time. Like, he's got his stand-up career. I mean, this is the real lifetime of right. not the character. <laughs> he's got a stand-up career, and he's pretty good at that. I, mm-hmm. I like his stand-up stuff. He's got his hip-hop career, which I'm not as crazy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's got his acting career. Like, what is it? Atlanta mm-hmm. is his show? Which he's also a writer on. Uh, yeah. I mean, he used to be a writer on 30 Rock. Right. Um... So yeah, Mary Donald Glover. So if he could dance while doing it, <laughs> I'd fuck Channing Tatum. Okay, but he'd really it, he'd have to be like doing his Moving. pony dances like at the same time. Okay, uh, like I'd have to be like you know a pummel horse for him, <laughs> which he uses some ladies for in this movie. Uh, if he could not, if that was a deal breaker, then it, I'd be fucking Matt Bomer. Okay. Uh, then if I were to kill someone, I think it, it's, uh, oh, Tarzan. <laughs> oh, that's Like, sad. he's nice, but he just doesn't do it for me. Oh. Don't want to make art with him? He can't even dance. If he can't dance, he can't fuck. Yeah, that's probable. Yeah. He's old, he's tired, he needs a boat. He's like a wrestler. Yeah. Kevin Nash, I think is that yeah. guy's name? Yeah. Well... Do you wanna I think we can we wrap talk about it up next week? Uh yeah. It's been such a long time since you've given me a movie. I've I really missed it. Well uh brace yourself, because you might get whiplash from how different this movie's gonna be. So I last season I really stuck with the last two decades, uh, as far as the movies I chose, and so I wanna go way back. Way, 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 way back. I'm talking 85 years. I was going to say, what are we going to do? Like a Chaplin or (laughs) De Blau angle? I want to watch a Fritz Lang movie. Okay. I want to watch M. Okay. Okay. Starring Peter Lorre. Um, A serious as fuck drama. I was going to say, this is like as serious as they come. About child murder. (laughs) Yeah. To follow up our light... Movie, road trip Well, you're like, Magic Mike, and it needs to be M. Why not M? <laughs> X, X, L, what's a letter? <laughs> M, M. There we go. So, yeah. I watched it a long time ago. It's been on my list. 
Um, I wanted to get something foreign language and old on this podcast, and so it's kind of just like my boyfriend. (laughs) Gunther? (laughs) He's got that uh, Nazi gold money, so. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That that explains the um, China with the swastikas you've got over here. I like to think of them as backwards Buddha symbols. <laughs> Regardless, they're they're well made. So, um, well, great. Yeah, Fritz Lang. Um, next week. You know, usually it's my job to bring the downers. Yeah. Uh, I don't. This role reversal. I'm not well, well sensual. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how I feel about it yet. Yeah, I'm not sure about this either. It's, uh, we'll see what happens. We can do it this one time. Yeah. Let's just try it. And then we have to go back to normal. <laughs> All right, where well... you're picking cartoons. <laughs> and I'm picking movies where school buses full of children crash and die. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's plug our junk and get out of here. Follow us on Twitter, at X-Rated Movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, write us a letter, an electronic letter, to our Gmail address, which is x-e-x-dot-r-a-t-e-d-dot-m-o-v-i-e-s, a.k-a x-ratedmovies, at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook, at Rated X Movies. And um, we uh, would love it if you could... Drop us a review or drop us a few stars on the iTunes. Uh, we also have a Patreon. We do, yeah. I'm in the process of setting up some goals on that. And um, if you feel like drowning us in a tsunami of ones, that's where you do it, electronically. Uh, if you if we reach our first goal, we will personally give you a gif of Ryan gyrating. <laughs> in... Something sexy. Which, Ryan's got weird taste, so it might be like an Easter Bunny costume. I was thinking, like, just a chicken head, but the chicken head is where my junk would be. I'll make it sexy. Thank you for listening. Uh, Ooh, this that is, got weird quick. Yeah, this is Matt and Ryan signing off. See you next week with M. Mm-hmm.